We're dealing with temptation, and let me just throw, we're going to go really fast. Our lives are filled with temptation. We are, we live in a fallen world. We're fallen people. We then looked at last time, we said that we can have victory in Jesus Christ, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we started last time with this verse, which I think is a key, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We said that no temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. That means all of us. Uh, the temptations that we have are not something that's just unique to us, but it's for mankind. That's just the way it is. Then we said, but God is faithful. This is so great. Who will not allow you, allow us to be tempted beyond what you're able. So the temptation that comes is not going to be beyond what we could say, oh, I can't help it. I can't help it. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. He says, I'm not going to allow a temptation to come into your life that is beyond what you're able, but here's the contrast. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. Because we are, and so it's really, really a powerful truth. And so here's the thing. If this is true, that God has given us a way out, why do we still fail? And that's really the hardest part because we started raising these questions like, what is temptation? What is it? What is it? It's the pull to do wrong. It's the natural pull to do wrong. It's, it's, it's circumstances of life that as we wake up in the morning and we're going through life, there is this fallen world system controlled by the devil, and it affects us, and it tries to pull us to do wrong. We already raised the question, is temptation sin? No, temptation is not sin, because Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So temptation is not sin, but how we respond to temptation could result in either victory or failure, and, and it could be. And then we raised the big question, and this is the key. And that is, where in the world does temptation come from? And we said, James 1, basically, and we're going to get this right at the end of the lesson. We're going to come back and look at this in more detail. But James 1 says that really it actually comes from within. Now, there's a fallen world system in Satan, but we have that part of us, which is the flesh, which responds to all of these things. And so James says that temptation is not from God, but it's from ourselves. And then we think about the world, the flesh, uh, the world, the devil, the world system, and the flesh. This is where it all comes from. The devil is real. He's an angel. He's an adversary. He hates us beyond what you could imagine. He hates every human being. He hates every believer, especially because it's too late for him to stop our eternal destiny with Jesus Christ. But he hates everything. And then there's a system that God has allowed him to take the cosmos, the ordered world system, and he controls that. He's the God of this age. We'll talk more about it in just a second. And then there's the flesh, and that's the inside of us, the pull to do wrong. And there it is. Now, we started with the devil, and we basically said he has a plan. It's to stop a person from believing and stop a believer from serving. And we got to remember that. And one of the keys that I think is so important when we talk about the devil, the devil loves religion. And see, people don't think that. People think, oh, religious, religious people. The devil hates religion. He wants everybody to be an atheist. Now, all he cares about is that a person does not trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. That's all he cares about. He doesn't want any human being to understand that they're a sinner and need a Savior and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him, and they would trust in him. That's all he cares about. So if a person's religious, if a person is in some kind of cult, if a person's in some kind of uh, ordinary church, but thinking that by going to church or getting baptized or doing something good, that somehow they're earning their way to God, he's happy with that. 
He, he doesn't care. So he doesn't want a person to ever believe. And then for us, he just wants us to be so consumed with the world, with our flesh, with doing what we want to do, that we will never serve God. That's the plan. And he's done a great job with that because most Christians don't serve God at all. A very small percentage of believers actually serve. It's just the strangest thing when you think about it, that it's a small percentage. I think our church is unusual because when you look at the number of people that come to our church and then the number of people who are involved in different ministries and doing things, we have a pretty high percentage of our people who come on a regular basis who also are plugged in and serve and do some type of ministry. So that's really, really good there. So when you think about the devil, he has a, a plan, you know. Then there's two other areas, the world and the flesh. We saw last time the world system. I just want to talk about this for just a minute before we get into the last part. Uh, we live in a fallen world. We're gonna we're gonna mention it this morning in the in the when we're looking at Daniel nine twenty four through twenty seven. We're gonna review that just a little bit more this morning, so make sure we got it. But we're gonna talk about the fallen world. It's a cursed world. When Adam and Eve sinned, the world fell. God didn't just have people fall, but the whole system fell. And we, and and the the world system ha, is controlled by the devil. In fact, I've got right there the entire Christ, uh, creation groans, waiting for the redemption by Jesus Christ. The book, Romans tells us that the world is cursed, and one day God's going to redeem this world. We know that the devil is the ruler of the world. John twelve thirty one. He know he's called the God of this age. Second Corinthians four four and First John five nineteen. It says the ordered system. That's the world lies in the power of the wicked one, which is Satan. So we live in a world system that's controlled by the devil. We spent a little bit of time last week talking about the values of the world. There, there are no absolutes, even though to say there are no absolute is an absolute. If you say there are no absolutes, that's an absolute statement, so you've already contradicted yourself. The world is not neutral. The world is pulling anything away. Sin always looks attractive. Righteousness looks silly. Uh, people say, don't be old-fashioned. What's wrong with you? That All of those kind of things. Our culture is so strange and so bad. Uh, in our culture, nice guys finish last. you got to look out for yourself. Success is defined by what you have and what you do. The culture is constantly pulling you to go contrary to the Word of God. I want to read this to you. That you we've always talk, we always talk about it, but it's Romans 12, and this to me is the key. Last Wednesday night in my 2-2 class, in our SBI class, we talked about the whole idea of living for Jesus Christ, and to be able to do that, one of the key steps is Romans 12, when he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present what? To present what? Your bodies as living and holy sacrifices to God. So the key, if you're going to make an impact for Christ, you've got to say to him, I want my life, and I want to give it to you for your honor and your glory. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. Just take me and use me for your glory. The verse goes on to say, do not, and it literally says, stop being conformed to this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I want you to understand that Paul says in Romans that you've got to stop letting the world shape you and you've got to be changed from the inside out by the Word of God. That's the key. And I've put this up a lot of times. If you are not consciously, if we are not consciously being transformed by the Word of God, we will unconsciously be conformed to the world. And let me tell you, it's unconscious. There are things that you believe and think that are contrary to the Bible and you don't even realize it. Because you've allowed the world to color how you see things and how you view things. It's like if somebody said this. Let me just throw this one out. Jesus said what? I'm the what? The 
way, the truth, and the life. And what? Nobody comes to the Father except how? Is Jesus the only way of salvation? Okay, there are a lot of people, Christians, who would say, that doesn't seem exactly right because it doesn't seem really fair. And I know the Bible says this, but, but what about the other people? Surely that God doesn't mean that. And so the worldview is, uh, it, it's got to be more inclusive. It can't just be Jesus is the only way. Because it doesn't sound, and our culture says, of course it's not just Jesus. It can't be just Jesus. There's all kind of ways to God. There's really like one God, and there's all these ways to get to Him, and Christianity is just one of the ways. And then when you look at the Scripture, it doesn't match that way at all. And then when you look at the Savior, what does Jesus say? Jesus didn't say, I'm one of the ways. You know, look to me, I can get you there. He said, I'm the only way. No one comes to the Father except through me. So our world system and our culture is totally different. So he said, look, Paul, basically, if you're not consciously putting God's word in your brain, if you're not being transformed by the renewing of your mind unconsciously, you're going to be shaped and and, uh, conformed to this world. And that is a problem for every one of us. And it's unconscious. So just remember that. You, you thinking, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But there are some values and things that have been shaping you. And because if you haven't been putting the Word of God in your brain, the truths, the principles, what's right, what's wrong, if you haven't been doing that, you're con- unconsciously you're being shaped by a fallen world system. That takes us to the third thing. What, that's the devil that controls the world, affects the flesh. This is it. And this is where we are. We've got a few minutes. We're going to talk about the flesh. The flesh is the natural pull to go wrong, to go contrary to the Word of God. I want you to see something. I told you to turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I want you to see what Paul says about inside of him. Now, the flesh is the natural bent to sin, right? Does everybody know that? We all got that. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one our own way. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's not one that seeks after God. In fact, when God saved you, it was because the Holy Spirit convicted you, and you understood, and you believed. It wasn't because you were trying to find God. You may thought you were trying to find God. The only reason you thought you were trying to find God is because the Holy Spirit was convicting you. But he convicts the whole world. And so here is this fact. What do we like? We know that we, are, we, we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. We, have, we still have this natural bent to sin. I want you to look at Romans chapter 7. Look at verse 14 as Paul talks about himself. And he's talking about what his life is like as a Christian. And you probably look at this and go, I think that's me, right? Look what he says. If we, we know that the law is spiritual, law is great, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. I've got to be real careful because I've got the flesh that does what? What does it want you to do? What does, it, what does the flesh want you to do? Sin. Okay, watch what he says. For what I'm doing, I don't understand. But he's actually saying, how am I living? I really don't grasp it. For I'm not practicing what I'd like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. What does he want to do? Live for God. He said, I'm not practicing what I really want to do, which is live for God, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. What does he hate? What does he hate? Sin. Exactly. You hate sin? Yes, we hate it. Do we want to live for God? Yes. But what does he say? I'm doing, I don't understand what I'm doing. The things, I'm not even practicing what I know I should be doing, what I really want to do, but I'm actually doing the thing I hate. Then he says, but if I do the very thing I don't want to do, I'm agreeing with the law, that confessing the law is good. He says, whenever I, whenever I go contrary to the law, I'm recognizing the law is right. The law is the character of God. Then he says this, so now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin, that's the flesh, which dwells in me. And then watch this. 
For I know, and this is the verse we're going to put up, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is my what? Flesh. Is the flesh good? Is, is there anything good about the flesh? No. He says, for the willing is present in me. I want to do what's right, but the doing of the good's not. I don't. And then he says in verse 19, for the good I want to do, I don't do it. Do you ever feel that way? The things you want to do for God, and you say, I want to wake up, I want to live for God, I want my life to count for God, and then what do you do? What do you do? You sin. You go contrary to the Bible. And we go, I don't understand me. The things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Paul says it. Verse 20, but I'm doing the very thing I don't want to do. I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin dwells in me. It's my flesh. And then verse 21 is the one I want you to see. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. What's the evil? What's the evil in us? The flesh, the natural bent to sin. That's what there. I want to show you this. I've got these little drawings. And here we are. That's an unbeliever. Unbeliever has a body, holds everything together. The unbeliever has a conscience, which tells you right from wrong. The unbeliever has a soul, which relates to the world around us. And the unbeliever has a flesh. Now, this is an unbeliever. They go through life, they have a conscience, which is the law written on their hearts. That's Romans chapter 2, that they know that there are things that are right and wrong. That's inside of every person because God put it in every person. There is the soul, which is the part that relates to the world around us, which we have a mind and emotion and will, and people have a soul. And then there is the flesh, the natural bit to do wrong. This is an unbeliever. So you got a body and you got a soul and you got a conscience and you got a flesh. And then the moment we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, we have what we call the human spirit, which is the part that was dead. We were spiritually dead. Now we're spiritually what? Alive. We've been born again. We've been regenerated. God makes us alive. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and now we're made alive. That's the human spirit. That's the part of us that now can no one understand God. But then God also gives to us the Holy Spirit who comes to live inside of us. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person. The person. One God in how many persons? Three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to actually dwell inside of us. So as a believer, we got a body. We got a conscience, right from wrong. We got a soul to relate to the world around us. We got the flesh, a natural bent to sin. We got the human spirit, the part of us that's born again that wants to serve God. That's the part where Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And then you got the Holy Spirit, which is God's power inside of us and God in us to give us the power. We know that Galatians says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, they're contrary one to another. There is a battle going on inside of every one of us. And that battle is the flesh and the spirit, the Holy Spirit and the flesh. That is the battle. And this is, this is what we see. And by the way, in Romans 5, 12, it basically says, 12, 13, and 14, it says, through one man, Adam, sin into the world and death by sin, death passed upon all. Adam's sin passed to us and we are all coming to this world dead in trespasses and sins and, and the flesh. And when we trust Christ, the flesh doesn't go away. I've had Christians come to me and say, look, you know, I, I always knew that I lived badly, but then when I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, I thought that would go away, but I still want to do badly. And some people say, am I not a Christian? Wouldn't, wouldn't a person who's a Christian not want to do wrong? Do you want to do wrong? Any of you in this room want to do wrong? I do. Do you sin? Why do you sin then if you don't want to? What does Paul say? The things I don't want to do, I what? I do. And the things I want to do, I what? I don't. 
There's a battle inside of us. There's a part of us that says, and if you go over to Romans chapter 8, it's a part that says, it says the mind is set on hostility. No, the mind set on the flesh. The flesh is hostile to God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. It's not even able to do so. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8 verses 7 and 8. When you live in the flesh, you can't please God. Paul says, what a battle. And so we can see, we're not, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. You come into this world with a natural bent to sin. We're almost out of time, so I want you to see this. We've looked at these verses before, but in James 1, 13 through 15, he says, when you're tempted, you're not tempted from God, but you're tempted from the lust of your flesh. And when you fulfill the flesh, it results in sin, and sin results in death. That's what you have. So we have, every one of us in this room are fighting a battle every day. And the battle says, look over there, do this, lie, cheat, steal. Yourself, you've got to do for yourself. But then there's the new part of you and the Holy Spirit saying, live for God, live for God, live for God. And so there's the battle. In John, 1 John 2, 15 through 16, the whole thing comes, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's where the battle comes from. He says that when, the, when we're tempted, it comes from these three things. The lust of the flesh is desires, phys, desires physical desires. The lust of the eyes, to, to see and to be seen, that's ambition. The pride of life is greed, to be better than others, to look down on. It, that's the natural part of a flesh. Why is it you think some people think they're better than other people? There's some people who think they're better than other people. They look at a person and they say, they don't make as much money as me, they don't have as nice clothes as me, so I'm better than they are. Every human being is created in the image of God, and every human being was created by God himself. Even fallen, unbelieving people are valuable. Every person is valuable. So, but this is how we are. So we've got to be real careful. Now, time is up, so I want you to see that we're going to look next week at Eve. And we're going to see the fall. And we're going to see that she was tempted with the lust of the flesh. Boy, that apple looked good, whatever it was. It wasn't an apple, but whatever it was. The lust of the eyes, it looked good to be seen. And the pride of life, she would be like God. All three tips, and they come to you every day, same thing. And we're going to see the progression. You've heard me teach this before. You see it. You want it. You take it. What do you do then? You hide it. See it. Want it. Take it. Hide it. Eve saw the fruit. She wanted the fruit. She took the fruit. They hid. Achan, a guy named Achan, saw something, took it, saw it, wanted it, took it, hid it. King David saw Bathsheba, wanted Bathsheba, took Bathsheba, tried to hide it. Whenever we sin, the progression, we see it, we want it, we do it, we hide it. That's what we're going to see as we go through this. So, know the enemy, 
The devil, the world, and our flesh. The devil controls the world system. The world system pulls us. Uh, it affects our flesh, the natural desires. Let us understand temptation. Remember what it comes from. It comes from uh, this whole idea of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And then understand what we're like, that we're fallen people. We have a flesh, and we have the Holy Spirit, and there's a battle going on inside. And we're going to talk in the weeks to come. How do we gain victory? And we're going to look what Paul says in Romans chapter 6, how to gain victory. We're going to see uh, some other areas. And we're going to look at David and Achan and Eve and Joseph. And we're going to see what happened there.